Welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. We're talking week eight in the Sons of Fantasy Football League tonight. Joining me from Take Your Ball and Go Home off the uh, big win last week, Shane Stein. How's it going, buddy? Hey, Matt. Great to be here. Um, Yeah, season-saving win last week. Um, big, big, big win over the park for, for obvious reasons of not being made fun of by everyone. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still alive. We're still kicking. Got a big one against the former champ this week, so we're excited. Not often uh, you can win with negative quarterback points, so well done. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I'd like to look back on the history of that. I might be the first to <laughs> off, so what, we have to double-check that. That would be something to be, to be proud of for sure. Joining us from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. How's it going, buddy? What a ride. What, what a ride this season's been. As, as the great ones say, if you're not first, you're last. And I'm, I'm just happy I'm, I'm, I'm no longer last anymore. Yes, you are sole first place after beating the other 5-1 um, and one squad last week, getting yourself to 6-1, and one, putting yourself in good position, had to lose the... Um, Perennially overrated Odell Beckham to get the win. Um, but, you know, it's not often you can lose when you're starting wide receivers to a uh, flying knee, you know, when he tries to jump in and knee someone in the head. Like Shane said, he's really athletic. Not sure he's good at football. He, um, might just and it. I think my team got better somehow. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I feel like with this play, not only did the Browns get better, but the Seawolves got better as well. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to play them anymore. This is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do some trivia. Let's see if we can get Phil past round two this week. <laughs> I, I have two questions for you for you this week. Um, a little more homework. Um, so, got a little, little extra time for trivia here tonight. Um, the uh, Thursday night football game this week got me thinking. Carolina versus Atlanta. I figure you guys might be might be jumping on the running back history like we've done the last two weeks, but um, try to go a different route here and let's go. <laughs> there have been well in twenty twenty. Let's just get it out of the way now. Calvin Ridley leads the Atlanta oh, Falcons in receiving yards. Pretty good player. Um, Robbie Anderson is the leading receiving yards player for the Panthers. I'm looking for the other nine players that have led the Falcons or Panthers in receiving yards in the decade of the 2010s. Phil, I have to say real quick before we start here, um, sitting in that chair... I'm struggling for my second one. No, you look like Stephen Hawking sitting in that chair. (laughs) Thank thank you. (laughs) I will will guess Julio Jones. Julio Jones has done it. Yes, he's done it for the Falcons once or six times. Um, (laughs) <laughs> from 2019 to 2014. Yeah, he did do it. Well, I'll take one of my all-time favorites, even though he burned me in a big way one time, Mr. Roddy White. Rowdy Roddy did it from 2010 to 2012 for the Falcons. Oh, my God, I can't think of this class. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gets number two. Always gets him. Oh, my God. Who, who played for this <laughs> Who played for these teams in the early 2000s? <laughs> Phil, if you say oh, Ray Carruth, no, you're off the podcast. <laughs> I can't think of this guy. Shane drafted him like every year. Um, for the Panthers. 
and he was never any good. He, he got cut. He went to the Broncos. Oh my God, I can't think of what his name is. I know you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not with you. I, I, I think I think he led them in like 2017. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a pretty easy list, so we're ready to get moving. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of anybody on Panthers receiving core. Um, pass. Come back to me. No, you can't pass and stuff the Schwab. I need a guess. Just name the best receiver on the Panthers right now. I know. Like, it's really easy. Yeah. What are you doing? He led them last DJ year. DJ Moore? Yeah, thank yes, you. DJ Moore led the Panthers in 2019. He's on the list. Um, let's go with, I may be the one out early because I don't remember my times here. Steve Smith Sr.? Steve Smith Sr. led the Panthers in 2010, 2011, and 2012. Okay. Really good football player. Yeah. Really bad analyst. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one. Always a reason uh, for these questions, Phil. You were barking up the right tree, buddy. I'll give you that. Kyle's got the first question, reason for the question. Your second one, you were barking up the right tree. Um, I don't know if he did it in 2017 or not. Or 2018. I, I got my guy's name, but I'm scared. All right, well, I made a pass, so I'm playing with house money. Yep. Uh, we'll go Devin Funches. Devin Funches led the Panthers in 2017. <laughs> Once infamously almost shut the league down. <laughs> I forget about what was that? Oh, you dropped him. No, I dropped him accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin led <laughs> the Panthers in 2014. Had 1,000 yards and 1,008 yards receiving. I think Shane was on both those guys. He was actually... Actually, coincidentally, tied with someone in that year for the the for the lead for the Panthers. So it's another name on the list. Um, I think this guy had a stop there. I I think Ginn had a good year there. Ted Ginn is not on the list. He did not lead the Panthers in receiving yards for a season. So there's two Panthers left and one Falcon. I think uh, this might be a really bad guess, but I'm wondering who could have led the Panthers in receiving yards in 2018. I'm going to say it's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey did lead the Panthers in 2018. So Cos wins again <laughs> for a record <laughs> seventh week in a row, I believe, or whatever it is. <laughs> um, one big name left and one not-so-big name left. Receiving yards during this time frame. I don't know that he ever did. I have to look that up actually. The 2015 and 16 Panther that led in receiving is Greg Olson. Yes, Olson did it in 2013. Damn, he's good. He, t- he tied Benjamin in 14 and then did it in 15 and 16 as well. And then we need the Falcon so, from 2013. Yeah, this is a pretty tough one. Um, stretch your mind a little bit here. 
I might have to just give you this one. Give us a hint. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's tough to even come up with a hint for that, to be honest with you. I can't. It's a tough name. Yeah, yeah I can't think of anyone. No, no. It's Harry Douglas, like the fan. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that was, he had a thousand, over a thousand yards receiving that year. All right. So you guys did a good job with that one. Um, real quick, second question. So tonight's game got me thinking. We have the matchup of Matt Ryan and Teddy Two Gloves tonight. Two quarterbacks who hailed from the same football conference in college. The Atlantic Coast Conference. There are six other players scheduled to start this week in the NFL that made their home in the ACC. I'm looking for those six guys. Um, give me Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah, I was sorry. I meant to say I'm looking for those six guys, and I want the college that they played at. Daniel Jones was a dookie. Yes, he was. That's correct. Go with uh, Lamb Jack, Louisville. Lamar did play at Louisville. That's correct. I gotta make it. Um, Phil Rivers, NC State. That's correct. I'm gonna assume this guy counts. Uh, Russell Wilson, NC State. I'm gonna. Yep, that, that is on there. He did play at NC State. Okay. Also played at Wisconsin. That's the reason why I asked. Correct. Yeah, I just had know we were from a whole from, from a whole pack of badgers. Correct. They are now in quarantine. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson at Clemson. Deshaun Watson did play at Clemson. That's correct. There's one left. Yeah, there's also a there's kind of a bonus one here as well, but there's one left for sure. Um, but these last this last it's kind of a little tricky, but well, is the bonus Mike Glennon? The bonus is Mike Glennon because okay. <laughs> he's not scheduled to start this week because they don't play. <laughs> what, where did but he go? He went to also NC State NC as State. well. But there, there's one more name. There's one more name that that played in the ACC. He was not there for his entire career. So I guess this is technically a bonus one as well because he's technically not slated to start. I mean, he's looking like he's going to. That should narrow it down for you. You probably might not get to college if you don't remember. Well, I was going to say Joe Flacco at Pitt, but... He, oh, um, where's this Danucci guy from? Danucci's from, I don't know. It is Danucci. He played at Pitt for two years. Okay. Um, he was actually the backup to everyone's favorite NFL quarterback, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I have no idea who Denise Denucci is. He's going to be starting for the Cowboys this week, likely, with with, uh, Dalton now. 
And is Flacco still in the store? Because if so, then I apologize. No, he's, no, 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 he's, no, he's not. No, he's not, a, he's not a store. Okay. Nice. That's work. Alright, we had a busy waiver wire this week. Uh, Papa Kaz had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 claims in on Wednesday. <laughs> a lot of guys on bye for that team this week. Need some players. Uh, Steel Curtain Edge, Rashard Higgins for 32. Bowl Evils get Jamichael Hasty for 27. Team Ice Cream, Wentz for 20. Uh, DJ Dallas goes to the clan for 16. Carlos Hyde goes to the Patriots. Um, Derek Carr to Stein's team. Curtis Samuel goes to Papakaz and scores tonight. And Stein also added Baker Mayfield. So, a lot of action on Wednesday. And then we had a couple more today. Uh, the flock added Nelson Aguilar for twenty bucks. Bull Weevils add Odell Beckham for three as a potential keeper. Scotty Miller for two dollars to the park. Uh, Noah Fant for a dollar to the franchise. Tevin Coleman for a dollar to the Patriots. And Kendrick Bourne and Wayne Gallman were zero dollar ads to the Curtain and franchise respectively. So, a lot of activity, a lot of action. Um, anything stand out to you guys? Um, I don't know, for myself, I mean, obviously I just had a bunch of claims in for quarterbacks, needed one for, for this week. Um, wasn't really, didn't really worry about who I was getting, figured there were some good options out there, regardless, I'd probably get one of them. Um, looks like Spears going for the quarterback block, I'm figuring, on me, but we're spending $20 for Wentz. Um, gonna be interested to see what he does, he already has Tannehill. In a pretty good matchup this week, so he's gonna make a decision there. He probably can't go wrong. Um, I'm surprised to see Eddie go that big on on Higgins. Yeah, um, thirty-two. I'm not. I don't know what the, what was the next closest bid. I'm, I'm. I gotta feel like it wasn't wasn't that high. It was in the team. I, I had one. Say. I had one in at four. I think it was in the teens. Uh, twenty. The flock went twenty for Higgins. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely looked at Curtis Samuel. Um, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have enough money to to put in any big bids. But as a, I didn't really want to spend any money this week. But that was a, I thought, thought that was a pretty good pickup. Just for, yeah. at least for the, for this week, for the pretty good matchup against Atlanta. They they struggle with backs out of the backfield. They struggle all around, obviously. Yeah, I like. Um... I like the Carlos Hyde ad for four bucks. I know he's probably not going to play this week, but moving forward, I, I, I like that. Um, Higgins, I was surprised to see go for that much. I, I had something a lot lower on him. He looked he looked good last week when when Beckham went out, but I don't know. I I, I don't know if he has all the upside at, at that price point. Uh, <coughs> we will sneak in with, with OBJ. For, for three dollars as a keeper next season, uh, and before I dropped him, I was just trying to imagine a scenario. I'm like, even if I have a one dollar OBJ, I, I do not see keeping him next year under any circumstances, and that's even assuming he can get back and healthy. Maybe he goes to another team, but hey, for three bucks, why, why not at least look at it? 
Uh, and it was nice to see Tevin Coleman back in the mix. Uh, he should be coming back soon for, for the Niners. I thought that was uh, one of the better buys of the week. Uh, Coleman's back this week, it sounds like. And who knows where they stand on Jarek McKinnon after only giving him three carries last week in a blowout. So I like to they said, they said I, I, I did see a report on that, that they were benching him to keep him fresh for this week. Yes, I saw that too. Because of the run he got left, which is, which is what I said was probably going on. Yeah, it's just, it's, that's just a weird situation. That's not something I really want to be a part of right now, unfortunately. But you are. But you are. I know. Here we are. I know. Um, we also had a trade happen today. Uh, Papa Kaz and Fegley get together. And uh, Papa Kaz trades Julian Edelman, Latavius Murray, and $10 for next year. To Boston, uh, to Fedley for Boston Scott, DJ Dallas, and Hunter Henry. So um, I thought that was an outstanding trade for Fedley. If you look at Fedley's team, um, likely not going to compete the rest of the way this year. So for him to get ten dollars, and he doesn't really have any like keepers right now. So he has Mahomes and Hill, who he's kept the last two years. I don't really see a lot of keeper quality in that team. He's been offering uh, Mahomes and Hill out there, but he's been saying he wants a keeper in return, which is just going to be difficult right now to get, I think, for um, two players, especially when one of them is a quarterback, even if it is Patrick Mahomes. So to be able to flip three bench guys and get $10 towards next year, I thought was a really nice move by Fedley. Um, And really... The guys Papa Kaz got this week, Hunter Henry may be playable, but DJ Dallas, uh, I don't know what to make of that. And Boston Scott is likely only a one-week play in a good matchup against the Cowboys. So just a little bit of a, a rushed move for Papa Kaz, I think, but uh, helps him helps him get probably ahead of sure for this week. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, I don't want to say desperation, but I mean, it kind of is moved by the Patriots saying, hey, we're all in. We know we, we got to win this week. It's a tough week for them with buys and everything. And they're just doing everything they can to, to one one week season for them. So they figure they they need a big one this week. So they're, they're going out trying to get some some guys that they can plug and play right away just to, to escape this week. And then they'll figure it out from there. Um, I don't think it's as bad as, I mean, I, I like the deal for Fegley. I mean, you, you get 10 bucks for three guys that really are <coughs> probably generally aren't going to get anything for. Um, so you go ahead and do that. I mean, if you can take 10 bucks for those three guys, I think you do it all the time. Um, I kind of like the move by the Patriots, though. I mean, Edelman, it, it feels like this year's a lost year. Um, watching that game, Cam is absolutely terrible. Um, Edelman's clearly hurt. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not high on him for his prospects the rest of the way. And then, I mean, Latavius Murray, probably the best player in this deal at this point. Um, who knows? I mean, he's really, his, his value is only, only sparked if, if, uh, if Kamara goes down and he turns into an RB1. So, I don't know. I thought it was a, a solid deal on both sides. So, Miles Sanders isn't going to play this week, right? It, 
it's, it's up not in the looking air right that now. way. You think he will play? It's not looking that way. I, I, but, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess this is a good trade because I'm on the other side of it from you, Cause, and that I look at Fegley's team uh, sitting at three and four, ninth place overall in standings. They're they're very much in, in the thick of it. Um, at this point, if I'm Fegley, I, I think I'm buying, and I'm definitely not trading Boston Scott for this week because I, I, I want to win. Look, you have Mahomes and you have Hill. The rest of your team is it, it, Boston Scott is a good play this week. Fournette's Fournette, but you, you have Gronk, you have Shepard, you have Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis. Like, this is not a bad squad. I, I would be on the other side buying, trying to get somebody for this week if I was at home, and just not giving up on the season at three and four. Um, but that's that's my opinion, knowing that you can probably flip Mahomes and Hill at the deadline uh, if it doesn't work out and, and get at least most of your money back. But I I don't agree with the... I, I'm on the Papakaz side of this. Edelman's getting his, something done to his knee, some kind of surgery done to his knee. He's... He was useless even before that. I mean, you guys remember that Sunday night game where everybody got on Twitter and said, how did Cam Newton go unsigned for 35 days or whatever it was? And everybody was like, man, how, how, how wrong were those people? Uh, he's, he's looked awful. Elements, waiver wire, fodder, even if he does come back. Um, but, but the claim to get money out of it. I, I, I like it for Papa Cause. I, I, I like it a lot. Boston Scott against the Dallas whatever you call that. I don't even know if I can call it a defense. Uh, he'll be in a lot of my FanDuel lineups if Sanders doesn't go. I like it for Papa Cause. So here's here's where, this is why I don't like it. I understand everything Shane said. You got to do what you got to do to get a week. Um, but he's playing sure. You have to find a way to get to 90 points to beat sure, unfortunately. That's just where we're at right now. Like, that's a bad team, okay? And... Uh, sure would be the first one to admit that. Uh, we're likely looking at our first ever 0-13 season in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Papa Kaz already, already traded $20 to get David Johnson. Now, he only has $20 left, and the deadline's next week, and we're going to have some guys selling. <clears throat> and he's going to want to be in that action because there's going to be guys for sale. And he's not going to be able to be in that action with only $20 left. 30 potentially there. Um so he's just going to he's going to be in a mood next week when there's guys getting traded for $25 and he can't partake because he doesn't have the money cuz he made this trade this week to beat the worst team in the league. That's that's the side of it that I think was a little short-sighted. Look, if I, if I have Mahomes and, and Hill on my team and I look at a potential Week 16 matchup against the Falcons, I know that I, I have pieces that are highly coveted by the league. And if I can't get something done that I want to get done this week, I can flip them next week at the I'm deadline. I'm not talking about Fegley. That had nothing to do. I, no, I, I, I know. I'm just reiterating my earlier point. Okay. Um, definitely puts Papa Kaz in a better position for this week. And, you know, hopefully gets him, I think, to five wins. 
So that's uh, definitely worth something. But I just I I like to try to play the long game more than the short game if possible. All right, we're ready to get into the week eight matchups. Right now, the Favre leading the Elway eight to four in head to head. Something that we all saw coming, correct? As expected. <laughs> and we'll start off with the six and one Seawolves against the three and four clan. So basically, you're saying that you think he had a chance to beat the best team in the league this week, which is interesting in itself. But uh, we'll start off with the Seawolves. Uh, Mike Evans. I think it's time to talk about Mike Evans again. A little disappointing effort the last couple weeks by the Tampa Bay receiver. Juicy matchup against the Giants, especially with Chris Godwin out. Is this a bounce-back week for Mike Evans? this week. I think they know that they can make him happy this week, knowing that there's going to be some issues down the road, so I think they try to keep him engaged and happy this week in a game that they know they can win pretty easily. Uh, Let's do a good old our favorite, Mahomes and Hill over under. They have the Jets this week. 19.5 point favorites the Chiefs are, which is incredible. Haven't seen a line like that in a long time. Um, I think the last one was. <coughs> I think this is all memory. I didn't see anything on it. I think the last one that was that high was like Denver against Jacksonville. Yep. Oh yeah, they were rolling, that. and it was like twenty-one and a half or something. Yep. Uh, Chris Jones from the Chiefs came out today and said that's a really good football team over there. Yeah, you guys just don't see it because they don't have a win yet. Thought that was an interesting comment. Um, yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> so we'll do Mahomes and Tyreek Hill over under, we'll say a 50 burger. Uh, I mean, Hill has had a nice year. I mean, he's wide receiver seven, but he hasn't really popped yet. Um, he's, he, hasn't really, he hasn't gone over 100. Hasn't had a multiple score game. 
And, I mean, last week was his best output as far as receptions was six. So, I mean, he hasn't really popped for a big one yet. Um, I, I'm going to take the over just because the Jets stink. Yeah, this is, this is why I, I think you keep Austin Scott um, because Mahomes and, and, and Hill – you kind of ask for a better matchup than against the Jets. So maybe, <coughs> maybe you ask for a team that can potentially score against you, but at least early, this one's going to be over pretty quickly. I, I I think it's right at that 45 number combined for both of them. Um, give me the under. I'll take the over. Uh, it's well documented on this podcast that I don't bet unders. So, <laughs> Who wins clan versus Seawolves? I'll take the Wolves. Give me the the Wolves. We should have done a, a Derrick Henry over under closer, against the Bengals. Closer than you think. <clears throat> Give me the Wolves. No reason to stop this train. All right. Uh, let's go to Park versus St. Louis Patriots. Uh, Buseman Park just... We're running the squad out there, man. It is thin. It is thin there. Uh, Joe Burrow looking like he's going to break just about every rookie passing record, assuming Justin Herbert doesn't finish ahead of him this year on pace for, I believe, like 4,600 yards. Um, just throwing all the time and getting killed while doing it. Hopefully he can make a full 16. He's been incredible. What do we think uh, Burrow does against Tennessee this week? I think he continues to be successful. Um, Tennessee pass defense leaves a lot to be desired. And I, Bengals have no choice. They're not going to be able to stop them, so they're going to be throwing a lot. Um, I think it's another big week for Burrow, so give me a 30-point 30, 30 week. Man, this this guy is so good, and this team is so bad. They're gonna be playing from behind. Give me a twenty-five point week out of Burrow. Yeah, they're not a good team. I totally agree with you, Phil. But we're starting to see some pieces on that. Like this could be a good offense for some years here. Higgins has shown a little bit. Uh, I like Tyler Boyd. A little bit of an offensive line can help Burrow and Mixon out. Um, so we're seeing... Green's coming to life. Yeah, I don't think he'll last very long there um, if he's not traded next week before the deadline. Um, Samuel again. No touchdown. Yep. Rushing. Okay. No, big receiving one. Nice. All right, let's talk about uh, oh, for Burrow, I'll split the difference. 27 and a half. I'll go right in the middle, you guys. Um, St. Louis Patriots, let's talk about the other rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert. What are you guys expecting from him this week at Denver? That'll be, I know that defense isn't special, but that's a different place to play. This will, I think, be one of his first real tests. Yeah, it's going to be a tough week for, for Herbert this week. Um, the one thing. I mean, it's it's always always tough to play at Denver, no matter who you are. Um, just, I mean, pro- easily one of the top, probably three toughest places to play in the league. Um, Going to be a tough one. I think this is more of a, a slugfest game. So I think Herbert comes back to earth a little bit in this one. 
Um, that being said, this guy's pretty special. Um, but I, I would expect something closer to maybe the 18 to 20 point range, maybe. Yeah, at, at Denver, is a, it is a tough place to play, and the defense isn't phenomenal, but they play really well at home. Um, I, I, I kind of agree with Shane. I'll go a little bit higher. Give me, give me 25 for Herbert this week. Um, I'll go 24-ish. I, I agree with Phil. Uh, the one thing that really will help Herbert is just the ru- the rushing that he brings in. He's going to sneak a couple points just uh, from his ability to move around the pocket and scramble. And if he punches one in, then you get an extra six right there. So I like Herbert. Um, not a great matchup, but I think he's still a decent play this week uh, for the Patriots. Who are rolling right now up twenty seven point nine to zero, big big Wrap games. This one up early. Yeah, I'm calling this one as Phil would say. All right, let's talk about Team Ice Cream against Take Your Ball and Go Home. Two and five Team Ice Cream. They were the. I guess we gotta pick a winner in that one, but I'm guessing we're all Patriots. Yeah, Patri- already gave it. Yeah, yeah Patriots. Oh, sorry. We called that one. <laughs> yep. Um. Team Ice Cream versus Take Your Ball and Go Home. Team Ice Cream had the curse of being the team that was given the trophy after the draft this year, which seems to never work out that way. And Stein's just hanging around. So this is a big one. I'd imagine this is our first loser yes, lose town matchup. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, there's a couple of them on the slate this week, I think. Uh, we'll start off with Team Ice Cream. Whew. Wentz has a great matchup. I'm excited to see what he can do against Dallas Sunday night. Uh, Hilaire's been okay. Uh, let's talk about Kenny G. Kenny Galladay. Uh, tough matchup against Indianapolis. <coughs> well, one of the better defenses in the league coming off a of bye. Uh, how do you think Kenny G does this week for the Lions? Uh, guys, guys been rolling here the last couple of weeks against two pretty bad defenses, um, Jacksonville and Atlanta. Um, over 100 yards both times, hasn't gotten in the end zone the last couple of weeks, but I, I, they're starting to, to feature him a little more. Um, I'm not sure if it was a had to do with the defense he was playing or what, but I expect Galladay to continue in double digits kind of where he lives. Um, another, like, 13, 14-point output. Yeah, he, he's had a great year. I, I know he didn't do anything the first two weeks, uh, but he's been solid um, since coming back. I, I think he's going to have another solid game. Give me, uh, give me 15 points for Kenny G. Um, I'll call it five for eighty effort, ten and a half points for Kenny G this week. Solid, definitely a guy you can count on for double digit points. You can't ask for much more um, from a wide receiver than Kenny G, and you get the touchdown upside. He seems to score uh, quite a bit, so definitely like Kenny Galladay. I have him in our dynasty league, and definitely very happy to have him on my roster. Let's move over to take your ball and go home. Going with the three quarterback roster this week. Baker, Derek Carr, and Scam Newton. Uh, you can only play one of them in this format, obviously, so it's going with Baker right now. 
Jamal Williams, RB1. Uh, <laughs> sticking with Richard Rodgers. <laughs> Just brutal. Um, let's talk about Darius Slayton. Tough matchup, I think, for Slayton against Tampa Bay. Is that a guy you're confident in, Shane, or someone that you'll be kind of scouring the wire throughout the week to see if you can find a replacement for him? No, Slayton's likely to get replaced this week. Um, just got to make a decision on who it's going to be. Obviously holding out on, uh, on Miles Sanders. Not looking like he's going to play, though, so I was hoping that was going to be an option. But, yeah, not, not thrilled about Slayton in his matchup this week. Um, probably, probably ends up getting get taken out. Still not seeing the, the three RB1s on the roster, <coughs> which I alluded to. Is there a reason Cam Newton is still on a roster? He hasn't had more than 16 points since week two. Yeah, I, I just forgot to drop him. He'll be getting dropped this week. Don't drop anyone uh, else when you drop him. Just drop him, all right? Yep. Okay. You got it. I, I don't feel great about Slayton to, to answer the question. Um, and maybe he'll be a Seawolf when all said and done. <laughs> I'll throw a name out there for you, Shane. I would not be surprised to get Malcolm Brown in that lineup as the flex, too, this week. I know it's not exciting, but... Expecting... No, he's, he's the guy that's probably leading the pack right now, so... Expecting some weather in that matchup, I think, so... Should be a game that the Rams are able to kind of control. You're going to need more from Ridley and more, though. I know that. Yep. So, let's pick a winner for this one. Team Ice Cream uh, against Take Your Ball and Go Home. I'll take uh, I'll take ice cream to bounce back this week. Yeah, I, I think this one is going to be a little closer than you think. I mean, I'm expecting a little bit more out of Ridley and Moore. I was hoping to be, have a big night from them. Um, this is definitely, I think, whoever loses is pretty much, you know, when I ever say eliminated because they're not truly, but whoever loses is probably selling next week. So I think I'm going to take the ice cream. I think it'll be relatively close, though. I'm going to take the ice cream because of Wentz and because of what we're seeing on this Thursday night match. I mean, it's still early, but I don't even know if Moore's been targeted yet, which is not a good start. Samuel seems to be the focal point. All right, let's talk about <clears throat> franchise versus Desert Dogs. Uh, first off, want to issue a congratulations to Ty Storms, his wife, Brooke. Uh, they welcomed... Elijah Storms into the world this week. I told him that I, yeah, I told him that I hope he has better health than him and his brother had on the baseball field as he gets older. Um, but definitely happy. Also, let him know that just because he's a new parent, I will not relent this week. I'm still going to throw the kitchen sink at him. So, but very happy for the two of them. They are adjusting to uh, life with minimal sleep. So that's something I think a few of us can appreciate. Uh, let's talk about on the franchise. Um, Adam Thielen has notoriously uh, produced against Green Bay. I think he averages about 70 yards and a touchdown every in all his matchups against them. I'll set the over-under for Thielen at 15. Um, over. Had a really great year. They're 
gonna have to score. Gonna have to throw the ball. Um, give me, give me close to twenty for feeling. Give me the over. I think I think he's over twenty. Uh, he's got a feast this week. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have to take the over because I don't bet unders, right? So <laughs> hoping for under, but expecting an over. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, Lamar and Marquise Brown against this Pittsburgh defense. I have no feel for how this game is going to go. Um, I'm not sure which is the better team right now. Pittsburgh, I know they just played a 5-0 and Tennessee team, but the schedule has been relatively soft before then. It's starting to start to pick up here. We'll definitely get a true test of uh, what the Steelers really are. And I think we'll find out this week what the Ravens really are because they haven't needed to do too much. That defense is really good. Um, but they haven't seen an offense like um, the Steelers yet outside of that Kansas City game where they got pushed around a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about the Desert Dogs next. What an incredible effort by Tyler Lockett last week. 15 for 203 touchdowns. Um, typically... When Seattle has a receiver of a huge game like that, the following week is not as special. So I'm not expecting a huge game from Lockett this week against San Francisco. San Francisco's defense seems to be back. Um, again, another game I'm not really sure what to make of it. What do you guys think Tyler Lockett will do this week in the Sunday primetime 425 game? I expect him to do really well. Um, I, I just think, I mean, the the rapport between him and, and him is, is incredible. Um, he, he's looking at him on nearly every play. And, I mean, I, I, I think you pencil him in for, for at least at least six, seven catches and, and close to 100 yards. So if he punches one in, then really, really big game. If not, then you get your solid 13, 14, 15 points. It's going to be a Metcalf week, but Lockett's still going to have a, a, a solid game. He's just on the same page with, with RW1. But I'm going to be rolling with Metcalf in a few of my lineups. Yeah, uh, Metcalf was pretty quiet last week. He had the screen touchdown called back. That would have uh, cashed some FanDuel lineups for me and a five-team teaser that didn't happen because I got the Seahawks at two and a half, which is just sad. Um, but Lockett and Wilson are really fun. They're like you said, they're just on the same page together. So yeah, I have expectations of similar to what I talked about with Galladay, like five for eighties, kind of the floor. I think in this one for Lockett. Um, but I'm gonna need gonna need his best effort this week with. Oh, Mc- Ridley just got hurt. Great. McCaffrey and mixing out. Um, all right, who wins? Desert Dogs versus Fleetwood franchise. This is a borderline loser leaves town matchup this week. And the reason why I'm calling it a borderline loser leaves town, I, I don't think I'll sell next week at this point. Um, but I'm also not sure 7-6 and six is going to get you into the playoffs this year. We haven't had a season like this where like abusement park going oh and thirteen really swings the lines for yeah. what's gonna uh, allow teams to make playoffs. So eight and five may be what gets you in at this point and a loss here for either one of us gets us to five losses. Yeah, 
franchise. Give me the franchise because of the uh, the baby juju. We're gonna get sprinkled on here for the dub. I'll take the desert dogs. Uh, there's still a move left to be made this week. Look for that to be announced tomorrow. It's nothing too crazy, but it will help me for this week. So, um, all right, two games left. Let's go over to the Steel Curtain versus the Flock. Ironic that these teams are playing the same week as the Ravens and Steelers. So that makes for some fun here. Uh, Eddie finally got Cam Akers out of his lineup with the Kendrick Bourne ad this week. I like Kendrick Bourne as an ad uh, with Debo out. And knowing Seattle's pass defense is poor, it should be a lot of Ayuk and uh, Bourne. I think Kittle has a monster game this week. Kittle will be a guy that will be in just about every one of my lineups. But let's talk about Josh Allen. Seen him struggle a little bit the last couple weeks, coming off his huge efforts at the beginning of the season. Uh, the New England secondary is still good. The front seven's poor. Uh, I'm not sure what to expect from Allen this week. I think Buffalo should win this game, but I think if you told me today New England comes out and plays their best game of the season, I also would not be shocked by that. Uh, I think this is going to be, I think some people have called it a kitchen sink game for the Patriots. They're going to need it to win. What do you guys think Josh Allen does this week? Yeah, this one's, this one's really interesting. Um, <coughs> this is basically New England season on the line right here. So what's what's Belichick going to come up with? Um, but I think it's a big week for Allen. And I I am not going to be surprised at all if this is a blowout. Um, I think Buffalo's going to dominate them. And I, I like, uh, like Allen to put up about 25, 30 points. I saw a few MVP articles on, on Allen through the first four weeks of the year. Um, as if the Russell Wilson thing wasn't happening either. But he struggled. And, and when you can't get in the end zone against the Jets, um, it's almost time to smash that panic button on him. But I, I think he has an okay week this week. Uh, I think he's around 22, 23 points. Yeah, it's interesting because there, there are some good waiver plays this week at quarterback. I mean, we saw Stein pick up two quarterbacks. We saw Spears pick up a quarterback. Seeing what you saw from Allen at the beginning of the year, you've seen the ceiling. And also, he has a higher floor than most quarterbacks. So, you're kind of pot committed with him if he's your quarterback right now. You're not going to actually be looking to do anything against him. Um I'm not sure what to expect. I think I think he's a safe twenty-two with a with thirty upside this week. Jonathan Taylor coming off the bye. Uh no time like this week for him to do what I said he would do at week two when I anointed him. Uh at Detroit, coming off a bye. Phil River stinks. I think this has to be a huge game for Jonathan Taylor. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think uh, I think Taylor's going to jump into RB1 status this week. Uh, I'm expecting him to do big things. I'd say 100 yards and at least one tutter. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to have a huge week, and he's going to have a good stretch here. Give me north of 20 points for Jonathan Taylor this week. 
Yeah, I think uh, I agree. I think we saw Gurley score twice last week on Detroit. There's no reason Taylor shouldn't get in as well, but the yardage will be there like it isn't with Gurley. All right, who wins the flock versus Steel Curtain? Big game here as well. Um, Eddie really doesn't want to get to 4-4. Four four. He's going to have some tough decisions next week. He'd really like to get Michael Thomas back for this week. I'm not sure that's going to happen either. Um, just a team that's been decimated with uh, injuries with Thomas and Debo and um, the Buffalo situation. So it's just been kind of tough sledding for him. And what a week to have James Robinson out. It's not. This is not the week you want to have a player like him out and what he's been producing. I'll take the flock. Give me, give me the curtain. Just got a feel. Give me the flock, and it's not close. All right, game of the week: Bull Weevils versus Mad Dogs. Mad Dogs in first place in the Favre division. Um, Weevils four and three, second place, scoring pretty well in the Elway division. Uh, Gurley not looking like he's on the sidelines, acting like he's hurt and may not come back in. That would be a really tough point eight effort uh, for the Bull Weevils to withstand this week. Three Niners in the lineup for the Weevils: Kittle, Ayuk, and Jamichael Hasty. He's got some guys on by, too. Chase Edmonds, Terry McLaurin. So he's piecing some things together. It would be a big boost for him if Deontay Johnson were to be out and Chase Claypool were to be um, afforded some of those targets in this Baltimore game. Um, but let's talk about Zeke. It's been a little while, and it's been not so impressive from the Dallas running back. Guess a decent matchup against Philly. Their front seven's okay. Um, he should touch the ball a ton, no matter who's a quarterback, but I'm not sure that's a good thing on this team right now. They're just decimated. Yeah, I mean, how much, especially if, I mean, we've already seen Dalton hasn't played well through his week and a half, whatever it was, week and three quarter, whatever. Um, how much is, if either Dalton slash Danucci is going to be able to take the pressure off of the run defense at all? Because, I mean... They, you've got to figure Philadelphia's going to be stacking up trying to stop Zeke because um, they figure if, if it's Zeke, Zeke's the only way that Dallas can really stay in this game. Um, I'm expecting a down week for, for Zeke this week. Again, um, Dallas is clearly a mess. And give me right around 50 yards rushing for him again. I, love, I hope he likes going up against nine in the box because that's what it's going to be this weekend. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a down week. He's got Eagles, Steelers next week, and then a bye. So this is a really tough stretch for, for Zeke, especially to have no quarterback help. He hasn't shown that much promise over the last few weeks. Uh, you know, he, he's in RB2 territory. I don't think he gets the 10 points this week. That's going to be a tough sledding for the Weevils with Zeke and Gurley. All right, let's go over to the Mad Dogs. We saw Rodgers shred Minnesota in week one, expecting more of the same. Devontae Adams has to be, again, one of the top plays on the slate. 
Getting Denzel Mims in the lineup this week. Interesting. Jimmy Graham over John o. Smith. Uh, let's talk about Denzel Mims. Uh, at KC, he's Jets receiver other other than Jamison Crowder. Looked decent in uh, the game last week. He caught a couple balls. They should be down 21 scratch, like, right off the gate. Like, you know, they may be six plays in. They're going to be down 21 points. So is there going to be enough garbage time to sustain Denzel Mims being in this lineup this week? Yeah, it looks like that's the card that the Mad Dogs are playing. Is they're figuring that, I mean, it's looking like Crowder and Perriman both both might be out this week. Um, they're expecting, obviously, the Jets to be losing and Mims to get a lot of uh, just production as far as garbage time receptions where he, he can just get some, some empty points there, fantasy-wise. Um, I, I think there's going to be some action for him. I wouldn't surprise, be surprised to see Mims in the 6-7 catch range this week. Um, put up some respectable flex two numbers, which is what they're asking him to do. Um, get right around 10 points at least. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I, I'd probably run the goal line set out there, bring in my big bodies and, and throw Johnny Smith in the lineup over Mims. But it's a fine play. They're going to be down big. Just a matter of if, if this team has completely quit or semi-quit on Gase. Revenge game for Jimmy Graham, too, in this matchup for the Mad Dogs playing the Saints. Man, it feels like a lifetime ago that Jimmy Graham was the tight end to own <laughs> for the New Orleans Saints. Like, yeah. that feels so long ago that that would be Phil's second guess on a trivia question. That's how long ago that was. Uh, who do you guys have winning this one? I think the Zeke and Gurley combo is going to be too much to overcome for the Bull Weevils, and I'll take the Mad Dogs to win this one. Yeah, good week to Niners, I guess, if you're going to have to play three of them. But, um, yeah, Gurley looks like he might be done. Obviously sways things. I, I think I'm going to take the Mad Dogs, who are, in my opinion, the second-best roster behind the Seawolves. Give me the Mad Dogs. Uh, and, and I don't think this one's particularly close. Yeah, um, what's going to be interesting for the Mad Dogs is when McCaffrey comes back because then you're looking at Miles Gaskin and Antonio Gibson. I don't know when Eckler's slated to come back, but they might need some help at the running back spot. Uh, we could see yep. that being where they're going next week as we approach the trade deadline. Got five minutes left. Anything you guys want to talk about? We are, like I said, a week away, less than a week away now from the trade deadline. Um, anything you guys want to talk about here as we end uh, cross-division play? Just quickly, unrelated to fantasy, I mean, Phil touched on it last week. Are we seeing the portion of the season where the Falcons are just going to quit? Like, their girlies just like, all right, it's not enough, I'm, I'm done. Uh, Ridley looks like he doesn't want to play anymore. I, f- I feel like we've reached that point. Yeah, they're they're in trouble. I've heard a lot of, like, Matt Ryan trade rumors, too. Like, the Bears may be calling about Matt Ryan, um, which I think is interesting. I, I've never even, like, thought about Matt Ryan not being a Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think they quit. They've had too many late-game meltdowns. To I'm surprised they're even in this, this game here Thursday night. It's still early, though. 
know if you did, if you did say it, but a reminder what the trade deadline is um, next week. Yes, it is Wednesday. Um, I forget what time. I think we usually go like midday. I think it's noon or one o'clock on Wednesday. Um, yeah. So I'm sure we'll have some action. I mean, not a lot of teams that are in selling position, as Phil kind of touched on. It's going to be hard to be three and five or four and four and pull the trigger. There's some teams that are really uh, bottlenecked here and. Obviously, with five division games left, that's going to make things uh, a little weird. So, I'm not sure how many sellers we'll have. I'm not sure how many people are going to be willing to buy to the extent that they're willing to give up $50 either. I mean, I think the fact that me, you, and Eddie really struggled to put together some good teams this year is going to have some people second-guessing how involved they want to be. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're going to make of this deadline. And this is the last podcast we have before it. Um, some tough decisions out there. I think we're going to see a lot of those teams in the middle of the pack not sell uh, and miss the playoffs, which is a risk that you always run. But because of how crowded and jammed it is there, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of sellers. And you personally have to kind of hope that teams stand pat. I mean, that's the... That's the goal that every leader at the eight-game mark wants to see is that no one really makes a move to push themselves up to him. Yep, yep. Yeah, you're right. With that, with that being said, I was going to say, we, we made it a full season, buddy. We're, we're in. We made it to the eight-week mark. Um, so we were all worried at the beginning of the year. We, we've made it. Looks like we're going we're gonna to get to the end here. Nothing to stop in this train, as Phil would say. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks to everyone for listening to the Week 8 podcast. Good luck to everyone in the games this week. And we will talk next week to preview Week 9 and recap the trade deadline in the Sons of Fantasy Football League.